I'm James, and this is James Explores the New Mutants, an issue-by-issue exploration of Marvel's comic book series, The New Mutants. Welcome to episode number 16, entitled, Do You Believe in Magic? In which I'll be examining issue number 14. Uh, Interestingly enough, it is also entitled, Do You Believe in Magic? Coincidence? Eh, I don't know. So, you probably guessed it by now. Uh, this issue dovetails with the mini- Magic miniseries. So we transition right into this issue, and it actually picks up pretty much right where that left off. And in this issue, it introduces us to magic. And she is one of my all-time favorite characters. Uh, I really like her. It seems that people either really like Ileana Rasputin or really dislike her. Um, I'm a fan, and I I think there's probably a few of you listeners who are as well. Um, And interestingly enough, or maybe you don't care, but I'm going to tell you anyways, she is... Like I said, my favorite character probably on the New Mutants, at least one of them. I do adore the whole team, but I really like Ileana. She is the character that drew me into this comic. Um, My gateway to collecting comics was Wolverine. Prior to collecting that series, I bought comics sporadically as a kid. Um, I'd see the X-Men comics on spinner racks. I loved looking at them in the grocery store. You know, and every occasionally, you know, my mom and dad would buy me them as a child. Um, in grade school, I started collecting Wolverine, you know, later in grade school. And, you know, that was my gateway, like I said, to comics. Um, it wasn't until the 90s that I really got into X-Men. And that's through Jim Lee. And... You know, the 90s, Liefeld and Lee, they they really pushed me into the mutants. That's when I got familiar with the titles. I then went back and read Chris Claremont stuff and started collecting that. And it wasn't until the 35th anniversary of the X-Men, when Wizard did a special whole issue based on the X-Men, that I really started getting into X-Men history in depth and like started connecting dots and getting to know authors and artists and significances of certain titles. And that's where I found a ton of information about characters like Doug Ramsey and Ileana Rasputin, who I'd never to that point really seen before or read anything about. And I had never heard of this book, The New Mutants, at that point. And so I was like, you know what, I got to track this down. And I went to my local comic book store, and sure enough, I found, you know, runs of that in in the back issues. And I picked up a few here and there. At that time, I didn't appreciate the art. And so it was a little bit of a struggle. As I've gotten older, some of the artists on these titles really, I understand the attraction to them, you know. At that point, I was looking for artists like Jim Lee and Rob Liefeld and all the others that were drawing, doing the artwork for books in the 90s. These exaggerated female forms and these exaggerated male forms and like the superhero poses and like everybody's posing and all the, you know, just the ridiculousness of the 90s art. And there's something to be said for it. I'm sure that like it's not all bad, but like compared to what, like, McLeod did early on this run and what Zinkevich is going to do later. Like, those are revolutionary artists, in my opinion, and they're certainly refreshing compared to to what Lee and Liefeld were putting out in the 90s. So, that's a long way of saying that Ileana was a character that really drew me into the book, and once I was there, Claremont and the the myriad of artists that paraded through the issues kept me there. And it's we're getting close to the point where this, this book from me just really hits its just stride. It is the definitive run of New Mutants. We are all we're on the cusp of that. And Ileana and Danny Moonstar are the two characters that really drive that in my opinion. And they just happen to be two of my favorite characters because they're so interesting and so crucial to the book, 
um, it, it's not a surprise that this title becomes one of my favorites. That being said, let's just dive right into this issue. Issue number 14 of the New Mutants is entitled, Do You Believe in Magic? And our creative team is is pretty much the same creative team we've had for quite a while. Chris Claremont, Sal Buscema on pencils, Tom Mandrake is finishing, uh, Glynis Wynn, colorist, Thomas, Tom Orchowski uh, is doing the lettering, Luis Jones, editor, and Jim Shooter, editor-in-chief. Um, and, and this issue, it, it pretty much picks up right where we left off with uh, the end of the Magic miniseries. Uh, and the very first page, it's it's a splash, and it's, it's Ileana's hand, and she's holding her medallion. It's open. We see the pentagram. We see the other symbols, and we three, see the three... Uh, bloodstones in the in the on each of these points two two points that don't have any bloodstones yet and her narration's great um it it kind of is a you know this is going to treat as a we're going to get a very quick recap of events of the miniseries so that the readers are you know caught up we're going to get some notes from Louise Jones that tell us to go back and read it uh, but like I said the narration's great and I'm just going to read a portion of it once upon a time a demon said to a very little girl when you are growing into a woman and have learned in full measure the arts arcane and when at last the five bloodstones are in their proper place within the medallion then Ileana Rasputin you will ascend to the most glorious destiny and Bla- that's Blasco who's telling talking to Ileana obviously and you know I just love this callback it's just pulling us right back to it saying hey this is where we're at. She's still dealing with this. It's still a big problem. It's going to define her character moving forward. It's going to have large impacts on the X, X-Men line um, for years to come. Um, and and the, this is Blasco, you know, that was talking to Liana, telling her that, you know, she was going to basically become a portal through which the dark ones would enter this world. She was going to be in a living gateway and, and by them coming into this world, they'd conquer the universe, right? They're, they're not good. They're evil. They're the dark ones. We've discussed that pretty much in depth. And what we also find out here, she's 15 years old. It's her birthday. And we get really a great um, scene. You know, she's, she's, in deep in thought, you know, the same thoughts we dealt with last issue. She is uncertain. She doesn't know where her place is. She is supposed to be a seven-year-old girl. She's now 15. Things are not going well for Ileana. Imagine being a seven-year-old girl, and then all of a sudden the next day you're, or a seven-year-old child, the next day you are 15. <laughs> like, there's going to be some social cues, some things that just don't add up. Um, so her adjustment period, it's going to take some time. And, and she has gone through that, right? We, we know she's been with the team for about a year <clears throat> since she returned. She's just been hanging out the mansion. She's not part of the New Mutants yet. She's got her best friend Kitty <clears throat> and her brother there, you know. So she's trying to adapt. She's trying to figure out how to fit. And it's not gone well. And she does have people around her that are, you know, caring. Uh, she d- she can't, you know, she's safe here. People understand what happened to the degree that she's allowed them to know what happened. But they, they know that something happened and they've accepted that. She She wants, she's thought about going home. She doesn't feel like she belongs here. She feels really out of place. But she, her parents wouldn't know who she is. And how would she explain it to them? That's a fear that she has, you know, that that she can't go home because of what happened in limbo. Because now she has aged seven years. Her parents wouldn't even know who she was anymore. And so she stays. She stays at Xavier's school. And she's fearful of what's going to come in the future. She doesn't know if, you know, in the coming fight that she will have, 
She'll at some point, she figures, have to face Blasco, right? He's going to come to try to finish the job. And in that fight, will she have to kill him or will she die? And if she kills him, does that mean the world's saved? Or if she dies, is the world saved? She doesn't know. And she figures by the time she does figure that, have an answer to that, it'll be too late. So she's really deep in thought. She's really conflicted here. She's really isolated. The only person she's really opened up to and found any comfortability with is Kitty. Um, <clears throat> Kitty Pride of the X-Men. Their friendship is boundless at this point, you know. And Ileana really has a connection to humanity through Kitty in a way that she doesn't have with other people. But, you you know, so this is what's before her. And as she's coming back towards the mansion from where she was standing on this cliff that was overlooking this beautiful valley, snow is beginning to fall now, and the new moons have been relieved, released from their studies, and they run outside into the snow, and they begin having a snowball fight, goofing around, and... In this moment, as these new mutants are taking place, Ileana's narr- are, are beginning to play and have the snowball fight. Ileana's narrating this scene, and we get some of her opinion of her uh, of, of these young mutants. Um, she realizes that Rain's the youngest. Um, Roberto, he is from Brazil, uh, and he absorbs sun power, uh, solar radiation, and metabolizes it, which makes him strong. Increasing his strength, right? Uh, she thinks he's very cute. The thing is, he knows it. And he actually acts on it quite often. Uh, Sam Guthrie is the oldest at this point, um, And he can pretty much shoot himself like a rocket through the sky. Uh, and he runs into stuff. And it pretty much destroys it. It's pretty common for him. Um, Amara, she's the newest of the team, right? She controls seismic quakes, lava, the earth really is her mutant power. Um, she can turn into living magma. We've discussed that at length. Ileana finds a bond to her because for Amara, this is all new. This whole society, she comes from this this lost civilization almost in Nova Roma where it was still living essentially in the time of Rome, right? There was no technology, no computers, n- none of the stuff. And so when she came into this world, she's very, feels very much out of place, doesn't understand technology, doesn't understand cars. There's just so many things that are new to her. She doesn't feel like she really fits. And because of that, Ileana really relates to her. Ileana right, has that seven-year gap, right? Just in a moment, she changed in age. And that leaves these giant holes of um, social awareness and understanding that make her feel isolated and alone. And, and that, in that way, she relates strongly to um, Tomara. Um, now... You know, as Ileana's coming back, uh, the new mutants obviously are, are just having a bla- wonderful time. And uh, we see Danny have this act of kindness towards uh, Amara. She's concerned that uh, the snow is making Amara think of the mountains around Nova Roma and the snow there. And so she wants to do something kind. So she uses her powers. And she. She's very careful because in Rio de Janeiro, she just went in like a bull in a china shop into Amara's mind using her mental abilities, and it just ended up grabbing onto something, and it pulled out something horrific. Here, she wants to do something tender and caring and and like a fond memory, and to do that, she has to be careful. And so she just gently goes into Amara's mind, very gently, very carefully, and examines memories and finds one that she knows is heartwarming and uh, Amara ha- that's fond and produces it for Amara. And it's a palm tree. And Amara's like, Danny, do you know what happened under this palm tree? She's like, um, no. If, if, 
no, I don't, obviously. And Amaro's like, well, I, it, you know, you should ask Roberto. And Danny's like, uh, no, <laughs> not going to do that. And we kind of get this sense of this, uh, you know, again, this love triangle that's uh, beginning to unfold between these three characters, Roberto, Amara, and Danny, each chasing the other, and Amara not really uh, chasing anyone. Um, and, uh, you know, as these kids are just enjoying their lives, laughing, enjoying each other's company, Ileana notices that. She's, I don't want to say jealous, but definitely aware that she doesn't quite fit and she's not enjoying herself at all right now very alone kitty's off with the x-men and she's here not fitting in and what we see is professor xavier really hoping he's looking out the window and he sees eliana standing there he knows his mind he, he can't read her mind her mind's closed to him he's not able to read her thoughts and that concerns him and he, you know, he, he, he realizes um, he, she's never talked to anyone about what really happened in Limo, um, but he does realize it's probably horrible and that any, and, and this is her way of protecting everyone from that terror that she, she went through. Um, now, Danny, you know, as the new mutants are goofing around, she, she asks, you know, hey, you guys notice Professor Xavier just seems kind of down lately. What's what's going on with that? Like, and Amara's like pipes up, right? We know that Amara caught him talking to Lalandra that her first night there, and she tells the group, "Hey, you know, about Lalandra going off to space to to reclaim her kingdom, and that the woman that Xavier loves is not, you know, may not come back." And that that's really got him down. And Roberto's like, oh my God, I can't believe that our teacher, you know, has love interests. That's just unheard of. That's weird. Uh, it's gross. I want to think about it. And Danny's like, pushes him down. You know, like, you're an idiot, dude. Like, we're going to do something kind for him. Let's, let's throw him a party. And Ileana's standing there and they, and they realize that and they invite Ileana to come with. Hey, would you like to join us? Do this. Because Ileana can't ask. She won't ask for herself. And so thankfully they invite her and, and she says, yeah, you know, that would be great. I'll go with and, and help in this. Uh, that's fine. And as they all pile in, you know, they figure they'll go to uh, Salem Center for their dance class, meet up with Stevie, and then they can, they can grab the supplies then. And we have something, a figure in the tree line watching this scene. And I think we all, well, if you saw the image, you would definitely know the silhouette of this creature is unmistakable. It is Sim, Blasco's right-hand demon that punished Ileana in limbo frequently. Here's what he says. There's the girl. Too many people about. Sim will bide his time. He's come a long way for you, Ileana. He doesn't mind waiting a little longer. Later, Salem Center. In Stevie's dance studio, we see the new mutants. They're discussing with Stevie their plan to throw this amazing party for Charles Xavier. They explain to her, hey, you know, he's really down, he's depressed, and we just want to really lift him up. And Stevie really wants to help. They ask, of course, and the reason they're asking and they want her help is because she's got a car and they're going to need to get the supplies back to the mansion. Mind you, at this point, none of them know that Ileana is in fact a mutant with the ability to use stepping discs to move into limbo and then teleport to a lo different location on Earth. So, like, that's not an option that Ileana is willing to let them know about. Um, is this going on? As this discussion's going on and they're talking about it and getting ready to leave, Doug Ramsey shows up and he's looking for Kitty. They tell him, you know, she's not around, not available. Kitty, at this time, known to us, the readers, and the New Mutants, not to Doug, is off in space gallivanting around with the X-Men. Um, well, Doug's got some important news he really wants to share with her. He's going to go look for her elsewhere and uh, leaves. The new mutants pile into Stevie's car and they head towards the Salem Center Mall. 
And we haven't been to the Salem Center Mall since issue number two. And if you've been listening to the podcast or you're familiar with the issues, you know that in issue number two, the New Mutants confronted were confronted by uh, Henry Peter Guyrich agents and um, Sentinels. <laughs> That's right, Sentinels. Um, and in the ensuing battle that occurred at the mall, large portions of it were destroyed. And we see a callback to this issue. One of the panel, Roberto's commenting about all the construction that he sees, and he's marveling at the fact that they still haven't fixed the, the damage from the battle that they had with the Sentinels. They also wonder, you know, why haven't we seen the Sentinels? Something's weird. You know, like, you'd think we would have seen them. And Danny's worried that maybe they'll be back. Uh, they don't have time to dwell on this because they got shopping to do. And so they begin their shopping. And they pick up the supplies they need. And Sam's got the two paper bags full of groceries and one in either arm. He can he sees pretty much right between the two bags. Um, and they're walking out of the store. And they're... Uh, and Danny, she's talking to Liana. And all of a sudden realizes today, this day that they're at the mall getting these supplies, is actually Ileana's birthday. And she's like, you know, Ileana, why didn't you tell why didn't you say something? You know, we, we should be throwing you a party. Um it would be nice if you had a celebration too. And she's like, I don't mind. Um Well, like I said, Sam's carrying this heavy load of groceries and supplies, and Rain stops in front of him. He runs into her. She gets mad. She's like, hey, you know, look look out where you're going. He's like, uh, you know, you need to be more aware yourself, Rain. Like, uh, you shouldn't just stop in front of somebody. And she's like, you know, Sam, if you weren't, like, showing off all the time, you would have seen me. Um, you're being ridiculous, you know. And he apologizes, and she's like, you know, like you even care. Um, this like spat is interrupted by some people that the new mutants know, and Rain takes this opportunity to introduce Amara to them, and they ask her where she's from. She says Rome. <laughs> it's just a silly scene, and as they're getting to know Amara's getting introduced to different people that the new mutants know at the mall, we cut to a scene of Xavier in his study. And he's deep in thought. He's thinking about Ileana in particular. And he's doing some research, actually. He's looking through some books, some tombs. He's, he's trying to find out the information about this place that the X-Men went, this, these demons that they fought, Belasco, trying to discover as much information about it as possible because Ileana's not been forthcoming. She's not talking about it. He can't get her to talk about it. He doesn't want to push the issue, and he can't read her mind. He's not able to access her thoughts, and he's very concerned. So he's trying to come up with as much information as possible. Um, and as he's doing this, something weirds up. It's not the blast that he's been feeling. He's been getting these attacks from like like a probe from space. They've been striking him his mind. They've been reaching out and you know, hitting his mind. It's been extremely painful. What he's feeling is not that. He doesn't quite know what it is, and he finds it odd that none of the alarms have been tripped. And as he's trying to figure out what's going on, he's startled to see this massive purple demon standing in the doorway. It's Sim. And he's Sim's there to find Ileana, obviously, as as we've already learned. And um Xavier, he's gonna he tries to fight back. He he mind blasts Sim and uh it really has no effect. Sim swats him to the side, knocking Xavier from his wheelchair and uh leaving him unconscious. 
It's not long before the new mutants return to the mansion. They stop a good ways from the house, and they're all standing outside of Stevie's car, and they're discussing what to do next. They're concerned if they get too close, or if they all go in and Xavier's there, he's going to see the surprise that they've got. And they want to decorate and prepare everything and not get caught by Xavier. Otherwise, it's not going to be a surprise. And because he's a super power te- te- powerful telepath, you know, like he could pick up their thoughts pretty easily without really even trying and then the the cover for their party's blown so they're trying you know they've taken a big risk just getting this close to the house they can't tell from outside if anything's up and stevie has called the house but she's not getting an answer at all and she hasn't gotten a machine at all either so they don't really know what's going on and iliana you know mentions hey you know he can't read my thoughts it I can just go in. I can go in and scout the place out, and then I'll let you guys know if the coast is clear. If it's not, well, I'll just go into town, and uh, we'll get Stevie to take Xavier to town, and then we'll decorate while they're gone. Um, and they think it's a great idea. And and so Ileana makes her way to the, into the mansion, and we get this moment between Amara and Roberto, and they're talking about Ileana. Amara says... She's very strange, Roberto. Is she a mutant like you? And Roberto tells her, we don't know. Her brother is. And Amara says, she reminds me of Celine. The demon mutant who preyed on my people in Nova Roma, who who slew my mother and tried to steal Danny's soul. And... Stevie pipes up and says, you know, she's, Ileana's not like that, Amara. And Roberto, of course, it's Roberto, right? Like he says, can you be certain, Stevie? Sometimes even the X-Men seem afraid of her. And like Ileana hears this entire goddamn conversation as she's walking into the house. And it puts, she just gets kind of lost in thought at this point. Um, she wants to spin around and just get in their faces and tell them who are you know who are they to judge her right like but she can't like she hides her anger she 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 knows that you know to a certain degree amara's tr- correct she has more in common with celine than with any of the new mutants um which is kind of sad but like Ileana is so, like, she's just, like, lost all hope. Like, she has surrendered. She's accepted that her soul's been corrupted, and she sees that there's no, she herself believes there's no combating that. Um, and... She's worried that, like, if she stays here, like, she could bring harm on her friends and family. She's thought about leaving um, because eventually Belasco's going to come. Um, and the only person that she truly gets along with, that truly understands her, that truly cares about her in her mind is that she's been honest with to any degree. Not that she's told this person what's happened is Kitty Pride. Right. She hasn't told Kitty Pride exactly what's happened, but she has become very close. They're still like best friends. And she believes that Kitty pretty much accepts her for who she is as a friend without question or, you know, any reservations whatsoever. And here's a part that I personally really adore. Uh, I'm just going to read it directly from the narration Ileana provides. Is she aware of how precious a gift that is or how much I value it? I could lay the world at her feet and it wouldn't begin to repay her. Right? And there, in certain segments of um, X-Men fandom, there are, and, you know, there's significant... uh, research on this issue and I believe Claremont has come out on uh, and stated this case I know there's uh, I'll just say it uh, there's a subtextual relationship 
separate off-panel relationship between some of the female cast of certain books. Um, Kitty has been linked to uh, Rachel, uh, Rachel Summers, for one, and Ileana. Uh, and we're going to see evidence of that later on with the soul sword showing up for Kitty and like just that statement, right? Like willing to lay the world at her feet. Like that's something you would almost say to somebody that like you're in a more of a romantic relationship in my mind. That's where my head goes immediately when I read that. Um, Not that it really matters here, but it's just something that I feel is worth pointing out. Um, And if it's not something you buy into or are interested in, you know, don't worry about it. Just, like, read it how you've always read it. If you want to read into it more, then read into it more. It It's kind of irrelevant. Uh, that's the great thing about fiction, in my opinion, is I read it the way I read it, and someone else is going to read it the way they read it, especially when it's so subtextual and, like, buried within nuance and uh, kind of just lay, you know, hidden within like you have to read in between the lines you can choose to read in between the lines if you want or not and I don't know that it matters but for some people it does uh, so I don't know <laughs> I don't think it really matters whatsoever but I'm way off topic let's get back on topic uh, so as Ileana's been walking around the mansion, she all of a sudden realizes uh, something weird is going going on. Like, it's really quiet, and things feel really strange. And she's, like, kind of mad at herself for having been stuck in thoughts about herself so much lately that she hadn't been aware of the potential danger that presented itself. It's entirely possible that Xavier was attacked. It wouldn't be the first time that's happened. And she's like, you know, I should have gone outside. I should have brought in the new mutants. Like, things could be really wrong. I'm going to go grab them right now. And before she can get to the new mutants, her arm is grabbed by, you guessed it, none other than Sim. And he is telling her, you know, he's going to take Darkchild back to his her master, Blasco, because that's what he's supposed to do. And Ileana is terrified of Sim, and this moment is so perfect. And here I'm going to delve off into subtext again and reading in between the lines. Ileana is terrified. She has suffered trauma at the hands of Belasco, and what she tells us in her narration is, I know such spells as would shrivel Sim to dust, but at his touch, all knowledge, all courage flee. I can think of nothing save how when I was a little girl and was bad, Belasco sent me, sent Sim to punish me. My magic fails me. My mutant powers don't, right? And like, that to me suggests trauma. And we can split hairs here. Uh, There's, I think, plenty of evidence that suggests the way things were worded in the miniseries, uh, that there was sexual trauma potentially that occurred uh, while Ileana was there. She may have been sexually assaulted by Sim and Belasco, Um, And some of what you see is like, I mean, you could make the argument, I think, pretty pretty easily that that occurred uh, off panel. Um, And I think you can make the argument that this is evidence of that. Uh, We see a girl that is not willing to tell on the people that harmed her. Uh, We see a young woman who is terrified of the person who did this to her, um, who has the power to stop that, but is too afraid to do so. Um, And the only reason she's able to fight back here, like the thing that the magic required her to use the knowledge, right? To call up that knowledge um, in this moment, in the face of Belasco, but she was unable to, she lost her ability to sink in that moment. Fear overwhelmed her. But that fear didn't 
didn't like it clouded her mind it made her ability to call up spells like just shrink away she lost that right but because her mutant ability is more of like a reaction more of like a a, a reflex than like having to think she's able to use her mutant abilities almost as a re- reflex to this this occurrence. And what ends up happening is she teleports the new mutants, Stevie's car and the new mutants, to Limbo. And if you remember in issue number three of the miniseries, the new mutants show up in the car and smash through the bed <laughs> that Liana was on when she first teleported herself in Limbo. And she tells, so they are in limbo for a blink of eye, see the younger Ileana, and then she teleports them and the car into the mansion, and they see Belask, uh, Sim holding Ileana, crushing the life out of her. She, he's crushed the breath out of her, and she's unconscious, and the new mutants, they're ready to fight. And Sam is the first to react, as usual. He ignites his powers and cannonballs towards Sim and smashes into Sim and pretty much bounces, not pretty much, he does. He bounces right off of Sim and is sent careening to the floor. The next is Roberto. He he transforms into sunspot form form, and hits Sim with one of his most uh, powerful punches. Sim's head turns to the side and, you know, Sim pretty much tells him, you know, this you guys are an annoyance. He swats Roberto away and sends Roberto crashing through the window and out into the snowbank outside. Rain transforms to her wolf form and leaps at Sim's back. Sim uses his tail and swats Rain away. And what we've seen is individually the new mutants attacking this evil demon. And this has been something that we've seen a lot. If you when we think back to the issues that we've covered, we see a lot of individual combat, and very rarely do we see the team kind of working together. But Danny isn't going to go in willy-nilly. She grabs, um, her and Amara work together. Um, Danny basically tells Amara to be ready. Uh, she's going to use her ability to pull something that that this demon that Sim is terrified of from his mind, and then Amara should act. And so she does that, and what we see is a giant Belasco, and uh, Sim is terrified, terrified of him. And Danny is worried that, like, maybe she did something, she, maybe she shouldn't have reached into his, his mind. Maybe this was a big mistake. And this giant form of Belasco and Sim crumbles in horror and Belasco's form as he's talking. So, this is what broke, uh, as he's, you know, talking at Sim, this, this, this mind form that. Danny has pulled from him, begins to change, begins to transform. And we see this red Belasco-like Ileana, right? With blonde flowing hair. It's Ileana, but she just has the red skin. And she's dressed um, in this demonic sorcerer's garb. Um, but what, what this did accomplish... Uh, Sim in his terror dropped Ileana and Stevie makes a run for Ileana. She grabs up Ileana and takes off. Sim, who's trying to recover, is unable to as Amara transforms to her magma, living magma form and, and creates a volcano and it basically sprays lava down on top of Swim and it hardens quickly. And uh, Amara is just overjoyed. Uh, she she's just ecstatic that she's able to encase him in lava without doing damage to the things around it, right? If we think about it, this is Amara's first time that she's successfully done anything like this. She has uh, struggled to control her powers, and now she's done something right for kind of the first time, and done something that was took some like finesse, right? To to have the lava spray out of this volcano that she created and down onto 
uh, sim and to do damage to nothing else or hurt anyone else. Like that took some skill. And she's, you know, kind of bragging and uh, super excited that like Danny and her teamwork succeeded when the others like individual effort failed. Like she's just so happy. Uh, and there's a tap on her shoulder. She sprint, spins around and we get a gulp. And we, we see it's uh, obviously Sim. Now, um, Stevie is taking uh, Ileana, who is unconscious still, down into the basement just to get away from Sim, to get out of this fight, because uh, Ileana can't protect herself. And they go down the elevator, and they're getting to the bottom. The door's open, and all of a sudden, the elevator starts going up. And th- I'm just going to say this about this page. It is beautiful. And when I looked at it again this time, I was like, they should have made this issue into a horror film because I see this scene with the elevator and it's like, oh my God, this should be in a movie. This should be in a movie. It's like terrifying. And the elevator's going up and and Stevie has to react quickly and she takes Ileana and they dive. She dives with Ileana out of the opening just as it's about to uh, go up be lifted up beyond the elevator entrance and they dive out onto the floor and Stevie's worried that like this her hitting the ground is going to injure her knee and if we remember like Stevie had to stop dancing she became a dance instructor because she injured her knee uh and this crash it it aggravates her injury uh she continues to hobble away and all of a sudden she drops to the ground and she is like super worried because she knows that Sim is right behind them. In fact, she heard Sim drop on top of the elevator when they jumped clear of it. And so she knows that he's right behind them. And she lays there with Ileana trying to recover. And Sim Sim's there. Uh and he's not happy. He's he's uh he's gonna kill all these new mutants and bleach their bones and uh, to teach Ileana a lesson, Ileana's back on her feet, though, and ready to fight. She blasts him with a magic uh, blast, uh, and he he's like, oh, you want to fight? Fine, I'm ready. And uh, Ileana is defiant, and she is going to use her sorcery to... Uh, to defeat Sim, and she tries a binding spell. He breaks through pretty easily. She uh, blasts him with some other magic, and he continues to move toward her. He backs her into a corner, and then she summons her soul sword. And if we remember from the miniseries, she had summoned the soul sword and, and pretty much gutted Sim. She thought that she had killed him, um, and she puts it up to his neck and that's it he he's he's done he surrenders to her he drops to his knees as she holds it at his neck and he begs for her mercy and she she thinks about it you know he didn't give the x-men mercy and sim's response to that is sim sim is a, a demon and that's enough for Ileana to say, hey, you know, yeah, you are a demon. I'm not. I'm human. And I get to make this choice. And I'm going to... Uh, and she says, for your life, like, there's going to be a price. And she wants him to renounce Blasco and serve him, serve her. And... Sim's response is, yeah, I, you know, you drove Belasco from limbo. You're the rightful ruler. Therefore, you know, I, I follow you. And the bargain is struck. And he points out that Stevie has seen pretty much everything that happened. And he asks, should I, should I get rid of her? And she teleports uh, Sim away. Ileana decides, you know, be gone she teleports him back to limbo and 
she also casts a spell to kind of erase parts of Stevie's memory, removing the memory of the soul sword and Ileana's ability to do magic and the discussion that she had with Limbo, with Sim, and instead just leaving the memory of the stepping disc, her summoning the stepping disc and sending, sending Sim to Limbo. And it looks like Ileana has saved the day to to our our friend uh Stevie Hunter. So the chaos has occurred, there's destruction throughout the mansion, there is a uh, a volcano that Amara has created, there is Stevie's car, and what they decide to do is to have the party, to decorate and have the party and the X-Men come home to this scene and they're shocked and uh but they're they're ready to embrace it and we get this really great moment where uh Xavier he goes to Ileana and he he talks to her about having seen Sim and how that must have been really traumatic for her and that you know if she ever needs to talk about it if she ever decides to talk about it he he's there he will be there he he will wait and if she you know she needs to talk he's more than willing to do so and then he stands he stands up and he dances with Ileana and Ileana is grateful for this because it gives her a moment of just joy um you know, she's just grateful. Um, all her fears and her troubles are trivial um, in this moment. And she's so happy that Xavier, his legs are fully recovered and he's able to walk. And Xavier's response is, see, child, there's hope for us all. And she thinks in that moment, he knows, he knows. Um, <clears throat> about Ileana's struggles. But whether he does or not, like, it's just an interesting thing. I don't think he does know, but her feeling accepted in this moment is really, really important for Ileana and her character's development. And she's going to go on to become a member of the New Mutant. She's going to join them, uh, continue to be educated at the school. Um, that's not the end of the story. It's the end of the Ileana section of the story. There's one more page, and on this page we get the conclusion of what Doug wanted. He comes to the window. He waves for Kitty to come outside. Kitty's like, what are you doing? You should come inside. He's like, hey, I know you guys are having a party, and I didn't want to crash it. She's like, well, what's up, Doug? And he's like, well, you know, I really wanted to talk to you. I got this great thing I wanted to tell you. And she's like, well, you know, tell me. And he's like, okay, well, I want you to come with me. I'm going to go tour the school. And he's like, it's the Massachusetts Academy. And Kitty knows, you know, what is she going to do? This is the Hellfire Club runs this place. Like, they're sworn enemies. Kitty was almost kidnapped to go there. Like, she she was, yeah, it's it's got some definite problems for Kitty. And uh, we're going to find out what happens. Kitty's going to make a decision of whether she's going to go with Doug or not in X-Men 180. Um, And for the consequences of that decision, we are going to pick that up in New Mutants number 15, called Scaredy Cat. So that's really the wrap-up, the last piece of the magic miniseries kind of concludes here. It gives us the introduction of Ileana to the New Mutants, and uh, we're going to get, I think, one more arc before Bill Sienkiewicz joins the book. Um, Like I said, it's it's a pretty solid story, honestly. I I really do enjoy this. for all intents and purposes, it's a one-shot, um, much like the story before it, uh, if you don't include the miniseries. And I think that we're getting some nuance from Ileana that we certainly have yet to see from uh, Amara, uh, 
but her character's really going to become a major player in the X line uh, from here until Inferno. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's how Ileana joins the New Mutants, and uh, she's going to become an invaluable, invaluable character to uh, to the New Mutants. So, you know, like I said, if you got comments or questions, um, thoughts about any of the subtextual stuff, you know, don't hesitate. Shoot me a line. I'd be more than happy to to look into that and discuss it, and uh, in in a little more detail. So before we wrap up the podcast, I do want to touch on a comment that I'd received from my friend Ryan, who is the host of Talked Sink Sneaked. Um, it's a Wolverine podcast, and it's fantastic. If you haven't had a chance, check it out. I highly recommend it. If you're a fan of Wolverine, it is worth the listen. Um, he does story arcs, um, just story arcs that he likes um, that kind of give you some insight into Wolverine, and he he kind of bounces around Wolverine chronology Um Usually there's a monthly theme, so it's kind of it's kind of cool. Uh, it's a cool way to to, to take in some in Wolverine information. Um, but Ryan, he he'd commented on he thought that uh, Sam was taught in X Factor by Cable to to suppress his sound that he creates when he's blasting. Um, so either that's a retcon or. Um, he has, in fact, always created sound, and we just don't always have it commented on on the page. It really doesn't matter, but uh, if any other listeners have an idea of whether Sam does create sound, or if it had been established, or if this is, in fact, a retcon that uh, we have come up later, you know, shoot me, shoot me a message, let me know. Um, but yeah, we'll keep forging ahead, and... Uh, I'm sure we'll figure out the answer together as we cover these issues of New Mutants. James Explores the New Mutants is, as always, recorded in Iowa City, Iowa, and is produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are published every Wednesday and can be found wherever podcasts are available. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at ExploreNewMutant, via email at ExploreTheNewMutants, at gmail.com. Visual companions to the episodes are available on Facebook by searching James Explores the New Mutants. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with the podcasts, uh, you can use the Anchor app. There's this amazing voicemail feature. It allows you to record one-minute messages that are sent to my inbox. I can then listen to them and play them add them directly into the podcast. It's a great way for you, the listeners, to become involved and take part in the episodes. Um, I really, really like comments and feedback, uh, questions. I do my best to answer them. Um, so please don't hesitate. Um, yeah, it's been going good. Glad we're through the Halloween special uh, and really looking forward to moving into the Bill Sienkiewicz run, which we are not far from now. So uh, until next week, uh, until we dive into issue number 15, Scaredy Cat, keep reading those comics. <laughs>